When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers stay clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Hello and welcome to Behind the Headlines, a podcast from The Independent. I'm Tom Rochelle. In each episode of this show, we speak to correspondents and experts to better understand what's happening around us. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by The Independent's lifestyle editor, Harriet Hall, and reporter, Sabrina Barr. On the 19th of May 2018, the British royal family changed forever when Prince Harry, sixth in line to the throne, married Meghan Markle, a successful Hollywood actor, a gender equality campaigner and a mixed-race woman. Initial fanfare and celebration of the relationship soon descended into a swathe of negative, racist and sexist coverage of the new princess. The rumour mill began to churn and a seemingly endless stream of stories about their relationships within the family breaking down dominated front pages. All of that led to Meghan and Harry stepping away from their public-facing role as royals and relocating with their young son Archie to Canada. Well, now a new book called Finding Freedom details the experiences of the couple over the past few years. Uh, Harriet, let's start with you. There's loads of gossip and countless books about royals. So what sets this one apart? Yeah. Hi, Tom. Um, so the book is called Finding Freedom, Harry and Meghan and the Making of a Modern Royal Family. And I think the, the title almost tells you everything you need to know, really, about the kind of the tone behind the book. Ultimately, it is quite a sympathetic portrayal of the couple. Um, and it's been written by two veteran royal reporters, Omid Scobie and Carolyn Durand. Um, and they've spoken to over 100 insiders uh, to get their information. So it claims to tell the real story of Harry and Meghan's departure from the royal family, but it's also an unofficial biography. Harry and Meghan themselves have said they weren't involved in the book. Um, but, you know, having read a lot of the stories around the book, read a lot of segments, you know, of the book, and Sabrina will tell you she's read it cover to cover. It is a very sympathetic portrayal um, and it shines a light on the reality of royal life, but also it really includes a lot of detail um, that perhaps some might argue you couldn't have gotten without 
a little extra help from insiders. Uh, some of it seems a bit too uh, insider to just come from sources. So I think while 100% the Sussexes have both said that they had nothing to do with it, that air of sort of mystery around whether or not that was the case uh, really adds a level of interest and intrigue to the book. Sabrina, as Harry mentioned there, you've uh, not long finished reading the book. Uh, what was your impression of it? Hi, Tom. So my overall impression of the book is that it is a fascinating insight into the world of Meghan and Harry and other members of the royal family. But I do think it's one that we need to take with a pinch of salt. As Harry mentioned, the authors and the spokesperson for the Sussexes have repeatedly emphasised that Meghan and Harry had no involvement in the writing of the book whatsoever. As the book documents the author's personal experiences as royal journalists. So every time we read an anecdote or a quote from a friend or a quote from Meghan and Harry or the emotions that they were conveying, we need to remember that the book is portraying the way that the authors perceive those events rather than seeing it through Meghan and Harry's eyes themselves. For me, some of the most uh, interesting parts of the book I found were when I went deep into detail describing the emotions that Meghan and Harry were feeling, such as Harry being absolutely irate over tabloid coverage. And there's a quote in the book which says he was incandescent with rage over the racial harassment that Meghan experienced. And it also says that when Harry went to go visit the Queen to discuss stepping down from the royal family, he felt nervous. But of course, even though that's really, really fascinating to read, we can't know for sure if that's exactly what Meghan and Harry were feeling at the time. But I do feel that this book does feel a lot more illuminating than other royal biographies. I think perhaps because from the very beginning of their relationship, Meghan and Harry made it known that they are redefining what it means to be a part of the royal family. And even though they obviously guard themselves and protect their privacy very, very strongly, I do think that they are set apart from the royal family and that they let their guard down a little bit more. And I think that this book really shows that. You mentioned a couple of the uh, revelations that are in the book there. What are some of the other sort of big news stories that have come out of this publication? So reading the book, one of the most fascinating parts was quite near the beginning when Meghan and Harry had just started dating. And there are some quotes from friends who spoke to Meghan, or reportedly spoke to Meghan, and warned her about the British tabloids and the way that she would be perceived by the media and the public with one friend even reportedly saying, look at Diana, to see how the royal, the royal family or, or the media treated the wives and girlfriends of other members of the royal family. And then another friend saying that she'd become the most wanted woman. It just provides a really fascinating insight into the fact that even though Meghan says that she didn't know much about Prince Harry beyond knowing that he was a member of the royal family, she was warned in advance about the amount of coverage and scrutiny her life would be under but of course could never have expected what was to what was to come um and then other stories featured in the book which i don't believe we'd heard before was one was when megan and harry had just had archie and they had to fire a nanny on her second day and they were actually initially hesitant to hire a nanny in the first place and this nanny they reportedly deemed irresponsible and unprofessional um and also like the night that they discovered that their relationship had been leaked to the press, they attended a Halloween party and they concealed their identities behind masks. And it's just little insights into their lives that are really, really fascinating. And then other things like rumours that have been swirling around for months and even years, such as rumours of a feud between Meghan and Kate, which the book 
basically debunks and says that they just didn't really have much in common. It's just little things that people have been discussing to such a great degree for such a long time. And the book, from the author's perspective, kind of puts a lot of these rumours to bed. Okay, so it sort of pours cold water on those theories from the tabloid press then about the the internal uh, relationship breakdowns within the royal family. Yeah, although, so one of the rumours, as I mentioned, was this apparent feud between Meghan and Kate, which reportedly didn't exist. However, there were also rumours of a feud between Harry and his brother William, who were, you know, famously very close. And even though neither of them have ever officially spoken out and said that they did, you know, fall out over anything, in the book, it claims, or it appears to claim that there was some frosty relations between the brothers in recent years, which is very sad to read, but also not necessarily surprising given the media coverage. And also the fact that even last year when uh, ITV aired a documentary about Harry and Meghan's royal tour in Africa and Harry spoke to the camera and although he didn't specifically say that he and William had experienced a rift, he did imply that there was some sort of shift in their relationship or brotherly dynamic as he said, we're certainly on different paths at the moment but I will always be there for him as I know he will always be there for me. And that obviously set the rumour mill turning once again and kind of gave more people the proof that they believed they needed that their relationship had changed over the past few years. There's always such interest uh, in the royal family and of course in this couple as well. Harriet, you edit the section of The Independent where we write about about this couple, this family, the royal family. Why do you think that such a big deal has been made out of this book? Yeah, um, as you say, Tom, there's a there's there's always a real interest in um, you know the royal family um, and the monarchy in general, and 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 Harry and Meghan have been particularly uh, figures of public interest. Um, I think just to go back a bit, when it comes to this book, I think part of the anticipation around it will be connected to the infamous uh, Andrew Morton 1992 book on Diana. And I think a lot of those um, parallels have been drawn between Meghan and Diana, whether, you know, rightly or wrongly, people um, like to sort of, you know, pit these uh, royal uh, women, these wives against, you know, what was it like uh, when Diana was around. But Andrew Morton's book on Diana contained these explosive revelations about Diana, you know, detailing her really extreme unhappiness, her mental health struggles, um, and this idea of the gilded cage um, that was life in the royal family. And I think when it comes to Harry and Meghan, um, you know, and that was a massive revelation at the time, and we haven't really heard uh, people from within the firm, as it's called, sort of speaking out against, you know, sort of trashing the, the fairy tale of royal life. And Harry and Meghan have been quite different from the beginning. And I think we can go back to Harry in a pre-Meghan life. And he actually has a lot more um, similarities with his mother in that respect. You know, him and William have spoken out about mental health that they struggled. We have watched him as a nation um, marching behind his mother's casket. You know, that was such a chilling piece of broadcast. Um it's just completely impossible to forget. And I think so when it comes to Harry in particular as the younger brother, um, you know, you've got the heir and William and the sort of the spare in, in Harry, as they say, that 
empathy from the public has always been with him. And he's also been a bit of a Jack the Lad. We've seen him partying. We've seen him able to sort of let his hair down in a way that William never could because he's not going to, um, he's not heir to the throne. So I think Harry, um, that that's the interest um, when it comes to Harry in particular. And then I think, um, you know, along comes Meghan. She's this... Um, older woman, she's American, she's a divorcee, um, she's a woman of dual heritage, you know, she is going against, just by her very existence, everything that the royal family expect from a, um, you know, the spouse of one of their offspring. And so straight away, you know, we've seen her in suits, she was a successful actor before they even met. So already she's a celebrity. Um, usually when it comes to one of the royal family, uh, you know, dating someone, it's someone in high society and kind of British high society. So she really comes into the family as an outsider and a, you know, outspoken feminist. She's spoken out against Trump. She's interesting from the beginning, as is Harry. Um, and, you know, together they are the antithesis of this kind of emotionless heads of state that we've seen historically and that we've been used to um, with the royal family. So there's a lot of history wrapped up there, you know, familial um, British history and this kind of injection of celebrity, you know, it's a real recipe for um, just a story that the British public cannot get enough of and not just the British public, you know, the whole world is, is watching everything with bated breath. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. It is a, a story of, of international interest, isn't it? I was there on the day of, of the wedding in 2018 in Windsor, as was Sabrina, I know. We were both there um, reporting. And I think that since then, we have seen a real change in in the mood of so many people towards, particularly towards Meghan, haven't we? I remember a feeling of just such excitement on that sunny afternoon in Windsor. And now I feel like the public mood towards the couple has changed Uh is that something that, that the two of you have noticed as well? Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting um, to think now about the wedding. And actually, um, we reported live the events um, of the 9th of January when Harry and Meghan posted that completely unprecedented Instagram um, post saying they would be stepping down from their royal yeah. duties that the Queen then, Buckingham Palace then responded to immediately saying this hasn't been signed off, basically. And it was just absolutely you know there's crisis meetings that must have been happening uh, in Buckingham Palace um to be a fly on the wall would be quite something but you know when you I was thinking that day while we were covering a lot about the whole royal wedding you know how symbolic it was um the injections of sort of African-American culture um gospel choir um, you know, black communities in Britain celebrating this amazing moment that a woman of colour joined uh, the royal family and what that would mean. Um, and also, you know, as I said before, uh, Meghan Markle as this sort of outspoken feminist and 
what that means. And, you know, people have long talked about the value of the monarchy, um, whether or not we should really have one. And when you think back to the year, it's in 92 when the Diana um, biography came out and the Queen described that year as her um, Annus Horribilis, you think um, how much actually should have changed since then. And Meghan and Harry were this moment, were were this opportunity. Um, and, and it was really, really exciting. Whether you were a royal fan or not, it was hard not to get sucked up in the mood of that. Um, but Meghan, much like many, many of the royal family, but in particular, in my opinion, in particular, uh, the female members, was really... Um, really put under the spotlight. She was really challenged on um, a lot of the things that she was doing. Um, and yes, we've seen this before, you know, as mentioned with Diana, but also if you think back to when Kate Middleton was dating Prince William, um, she was dubbed a commoner. <laughs> she was um, unroyal. And so she was deemed as crass and beneath him. There was this photograph that was circulated of her in a university fashion show wearing this sheer dress and it was splashed all over the papers there were naked photographs of her uh in a french magazine it was just awful and she was called weighty katie um apparently sort of apprehensive for william to propose um and you know as if that wasn't bad enough i actually think what megan faced was a lot worse and that's because uh she is a woman of color uh, and she and she has opinions essentially and i think it really comes down to that there was a real um, negative attitude to her trying to shake things up. She apparently, um, sources, you know, unconfirmed, but sources said that she was involved in this way of communication um, via Instagram, you know, putting out their posts rather than working through the official PR process of announcements. Um, she rejected a lot of royal traditions. Uh, she didn't stand outside the Lindo wing presenting Archie Mountbatten. And people didn't like that. They didn't want them to have privacy. They thought, no, you, your role is for us to be able to be involved in your life. And I don't think that's really right. I don't think that's how it should be. Um, and the more that they tried to claw back and control the narrative, the more, um, you know, the tabloids and social media uh, trolls really, really went for Megan. You know, she was criticised for the way she held her baby bump. She was criticised for having avocado on toast. She was criticised for opening her own car door. You know, the level of scrutiny must have just become completely unbearable. And Sabrina, have have Meghan and Harry responded to the book at all? So the official line from the spokesperson for the Duke and Duchess of Sussex is that they were not interviewed, did not contribute at all, were not involved in any way, shape or form. And that the book is solely the author's account of uh, what it was like as royal journalists being in such close proximity to Meghan and Harry for pretty much the entire time that they were married and even engaged. But saying that, the book does claim to include quite a few interviews with friends of Meghan and Harry and aides of Buckingham Palace, but focusing specifically on the friends there, we can never know for sure, and I'm sure that it will either be denied or come back with no comment, but I'm sure that there are some people that will draw the conclusion that Meghan and Harry gave permission for friends to speak 
to speak and be interviewed for the book. But of course, that's something that we absolutely can never confirm as the official line is that they were not involved. You know, this book is an example of the pro Meghan and Harry camp, in my opinion, uh, though the authors are very keen to say that it's an objective account. Um, but, you know, the camp that says good for them, why should they be forced into this? Um, and then there's the camp of no, you knew what you were getting into. You were marrying a royal and we want all the gory details. Um, and it's really a contentious issue. Um, and, you know, I think when it comes to Megxit as it's being known, um, we really saw the pressure that Meghan was under and the impact that this was having on her a long time ago. I mean, you know, Sab's mentioned the ITV documentary, um, Harry and Meghan, An African Journey, in which she literally said, um, I never thought it would be easy, but I thought it would be fair um, when she was talking about tabloid coverage and how her friends in the US had said to her, just watch out for the British tabloids. And she described wanting to um, thrive in life rather than just survive. And I think the writing was on the wall, uh, you know, then. And it was, um, I feel um, that they were sort of forced out and they didn't want it to be this way. And the book is actually a very sad um you know, it's a it's it's a really sad account of what happened. They describe her saying goodbye to her staff and saying it didn't have to be this way. Um, so yeah, it's 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 it is it's a it's a real kind of monumental moment, I think. And and finally, we're getting to see a bit of inside information on what went on there. Well, thank you both for your uh, interesting uh, opinions and analysis there, uh, Sabrina and Harriet. And thank you both for your time. Thanks, Tom. Thank you very much for having us, Tom. That's all we have time for today. Uh, if you're a new listener, you can subscribe to Behind the Headlines on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you listen. If there are stories you'd like to hear, you can email behindtheheadlines at independent.co.uk. You can support this show and all forms of reporting at The Independent by signing up as a supporter. There's a link for that in the description. Thanks again for listening and goodbye. 